I am super excited to announce that we now have a formal partnership with the Prospect Wizard. And when I say wizard, I mean wizard. Obviously, you have a website. This allows you to convert your website traffic visitors directly into leads. It's not just another chatbot, and it's not AI, but it allows a visitor to call, text, or leave a voicemail. Immediately goes to you, your sales team, or anyone else in the club. Instantly, MIT shows a study that if you contact the lead within 10 minutes, chance of them converting goes up nine times that of the average. We got the Atlanta clubs on it, Vita Fitness, Gold's Gym, Mountainside, City Fitness Philly, College Park, become one of the next Halo companies to deploy the wizard. It's easy to use. Go to theprospectwizard.com, get a free 30-day trial. Talk to my boy, Dave Gallon. He will get you all set up and let the leads flow based on the wizard. Go get them. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing back Dr. Ken Cooper, who we all know for his second Halo Talks podcast. Very few to have a second round here, so we appreciate you coming on. Doctor, congrats on all of your new accomplishments, and we are going to talk a bit about your documentary. We're going to talk about the current market within the fitness industry, and I would love to start um, just to, uh, to to give our, our listeners a little bit of your, uh, you know, think about it, exercise as a fitness, as a prescription, exercise as medicine, and any updates you have to your methodology or how you think things are proliferating? I've been interested in the practice of preventive medicine for a long time. Contrary to what I was taught in medical school, that preventive medicine was a Cinderella of the medical special because there's no profit in health. They told me 53 years ago, by the way, this week is our 53rd anniversary of the Cooper Clinic opening December the 6th, 1970, that you can't be successful in Dallas if you limit your practice, taking care of healthy people. People see their physicians only when they're sick, not when they're well. For the first 18 months, I didn't see many patients. I thought they may be white. Right, almost went back in the Air Force after 13 years in the military. Besides, it's up and out. Even going before the border centers, they're trying to run me out of town. I was doing something that's dangerous to treadmill stress testing. So I had to prove the safety of treadmill stress testing. I had to prove that we could be successful. And now with the Lord's guidance, we've been successful, except we now have a 30-acre facility here with over 500 employees, 27 full-time physicians, all board certified, and a database of 150,000 patients, over 300,000 maximum performance treadmill stress says. To my knowledge, that is the largest in the world for which we published over 700 papers in peer-reviewed journals. Because back in those early days, when I left the Air Force, I realized that I had data that resulted in the publication of the first book of aerobics in 1968 on the Air Force population with the average age of 28 years. So I had to, de- to expand the concept to so more people older could enjoy and do it safely. So I actually established the Cooper Institute, a nonprofit 501c3 foundation, six months before I saw my first patient. Because my whole life goal is trying to bridge the gap between fallacy and scientific legitimacy. You exercise the practice of medicine. And I can tell you now with all these publications that we have all around the world in multiple languages that the results are too impressive to be ignored. Yes, this is a field of medicine sadly ignored, but it's gaining rapidly with the things we're doing, like this documentary that we just released. We have four of those now that we finished. A book is coming out by early next year that's documenting my life and the history of what we've been doing here and why we've been successful. 
It's getting the eyes and ears of the world. And I think hopefully this will change the direction that medicine be practiced in the future. Not too much care too late because we spend way too yep. much for health service dollar on desperate measures that all prolongs death, not life, a miserable few days. So that's why I'm happy to be with you today and discuss this more in detail. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about the documentary. You know, this is, you said this is the fourth one, but this one is about your entire career. We decided to develop this documentary. This is the first of several. It was one we presented uh, to a group of about 300 people here in Dallas on the 17th of November. It was a, hasn't been released yet to the public. It won't probably be released until the end of this year, early next year. But it's 42 minutes in length. It's entitled The Power of Prevention and the Worldwide Impact of Aerobics. And it's very interesting. It was very, very well received. So I'm anxious for the, the viewing audience to view this in the future. But it is looking at the details I've mentioned of trying to get started with the resistance and problems that we've had. But the results, which have been phenomenal, I shared that with the audience. Now, that's the first documentary that is primarily for the lay people. We have a second documentary that is designed for physicians to try to teach them something about preventive medicine. Physicians get no preventive medicine treatment at tech training in medical school. They don't have time for it. There's too much just too disease-oriented. So I want to get the physicians change their attitude and realize that they got to concentrate on something such as chronic inflammation. What they've been talking about is only, and teaching about, is only acute inflammation. But they're ignoring the fact that you get acute inflammation, which is very commonly smoldering inflammation, chronic inflammation, which a book was published by Dr. Kopecki from the Mayo Clinic, chief of cardiology there, entitled Live Younger Longer. It's published recently in which he talks about the chronic inflammation is responsible for about 10 of our diseases, not the least of which is Alzheimer's and dementia on the top of that list. So again, trying to prove the value of exercise and reduce the frequency of, of Alzheimer's. Eventually, we've done that now with a long study published back in 2013 that showed that people that get cooperized are living or have a 36% reduction in this as Alzheimer's and dementia. Also, a 40% reduction in the cost of health care from 65 to 75 years of age. So we have data that is too impressive to be ignored. That's all there is to it. That's why we bridged that gap very successfully. So could, could we talk a little bit about chronic inflammation and what causes that um, if there are certain things that, that cause it more than others? And is there a prescription? Obviously, everyone's different, but is three hours a day, you know, is three hours a week walking or is, um, you know, four or five days at the gym or, you know, what gets the chronic inflammation you know, below or, or at where you should be for your age? You're asking how much exercise do people need? In order, in order to keep chronic inflammation from becoming, you know, we've come more full, accelerated we've, in their body. I've come full circle on that. In the first book published in 1968, I had the concept, there's more is better. So the more you do, that it's better off for you. Some people still think that. But I found diminishing returns after a certain point. That was more than 15 miles a week of running. The numbers of injuries increased dramatically to the extent that you're getting more harmful effects of getting benefits. So we come full circle to the extent that now one of our major parts of being cooperized is to avoid inactivity. That'll move you up one block on a, on a five-block scale of fitness from very poor to poor if you just 30 minutes of exercise, collective or sustained, most days per week. That translates to 150 minutes per week of just uh, moderate activity, not to mean, but just walking, something of that nature. That is 150 minutes per week, and that's exactly what's recommended in the American College of Sports Medicine. 
So now we think, and I have an article, I've published articles on a bi-monthly basis, I've done this since January 2021, in Decision Magazine. That's by the Billy Graham Organization. It goes to about three-quarters of a million people on a monthly basis. I've been writing articles every other month for since January 2021, and the latest one talks about is more exercise valuable or is it potentially dangerous? And there are some questions about that now. If we exercise too much, it may increase the risk of chronic inflammation, and including, which includes uh, atrial fibrillation. Now, that's still debatable. And I have this article that in the latest issue of Decision Magazine pointing out that the studies came from Sweden, and they looked at cross-country skiers and found that those that had cross-country skiing, they exercised at just a minimal to a moderate level. It didn't have any increase in atrial fibrillation. But if they had bursts of activities in which they're exercising to extreme, there was an increased risk of atrial fibrillation. So I'm saying avoid that. So that's why is, is exercise more better? I'm saying you got to keep things in perspective. So I've come full circle again in saying that, yes, well, I think we should cut it down to the extent, but the most important thing a person can do is to listen to their body. If they're having yep. problems, musculoskeletal symptoms, pain, whatever it may be, don't ignore that because exercise can be extremely valuable. It can be dangerous, just like an antibody. You can have antibiotics at the appropriate level. It's very beneficial. And too high, it may cause damage, may cause reverse activity, reverse problem. So again, listen to your body is one of the most important recommendations I can make regarding exercise program. This is Pete Moore. I want to let you in on a little secret. There's this company called Promotion Vault. And what they do is they give out rewards from retailers that allow you to incentivize your members without having to do zero down and one month free or giving away shakes or giving away t-shirts. What you want to do is build a rewards program that lasts, that people value, and that doesn't discount your own products and services. So here's the deal. There's something called Rewards Vault. The Rewards Vault is going to allow a member to set up their own profile. They are going to answer questions. You are going to get those answers. You're going to be able to target those members, and you're going to reward them inside your club, inside your spa, and outside of the club, and outside of the spa to get them to become loyal to get them to pay their monthly dues and to be rewarded properly for the actions. A lot of companies are cutting back on rewards. You shouldn't be. Promotion Vault's your answer. Trust me, this is real. So um, you use the term cooperized. How does someone get cooperized? And do they need to actually visit the facility or they could follow your methodology, um, you know, either online or, or through a remote? relationship? We think that's a very important part of our success here. And I have recently, I have a graph that I show that shows that people have been followed for 45 years that come to the clinic at least uh, 20 times during that 45 years. They're squaring off the curve, leading a long, healthy life of pulse and dying suddenly. Not like most people dying over a period of years, but also whatever it may be. Our people tend to square off the curve. And living, our women are living 90.4 years, our men 87.5 years. And the average American life expectancy now is 77 years. So we can prove our people are living 10 years longer than national average. Wow. I'm 92 years of age. I've already gone past that point. So again, but they've got to be Cooperized to do that. These are eight different things we're recommending. And the number one on that list is, is, is control your body weight. Be sure your body mass index is between 18 and 25. 25 to 30 is overweight and above uh, 30 is obese. Above 35 is morbidly obese. The present time, we have at least a third of our population in this country obese, 
And overweight or obese is as high as 50 to 60%. So that's one of the number one. Number two is get 30 minutes of exercise, collectively sustained most days per week. Next is to control your diet. As a diet, my basic recommendation is five is fine, nine is divine. Number of servings and fruits and best we should, should be consuming daily. Whereby some of these sites, Mediterranean diet, all these are very complicated, very simple thing. Are you consuming combined? Uh, five servings of fruits and vegetables per day. Five is fine, nine is divine. That's the next recommendation. Next on that list is don't use tobacco in any form. There's nothing good you may say about that, about tobacco. Alcohol, there's some question about that. I don't drink, and I'm not recommending my patients drink. But if you do drink, don't drink more than a drink a day. At one time, we felt women, men could drink two drinks a day. That's 14 a week. The women, one drink or seven a week. A big article came out last year, a European article, a long-term study, and they showed that if men were drinking 14 drinks a week, they in, decreased their life expectancy by one and a half to two years. So that's why if you drink, I don't drink, but if you drink, limit no more than seven drinks per week. And next on that list is to control the stress in your life. Stress, we, I, I do this exercise the other day that can stress on my long days of work here at the office. But also controlling stress, you need to get adequate sleep. You must get at least seven hours of sleep per night. You need to do that. So controlling stress is very important. And then vitamin supplementation. I think that's very important, but particularly these days of COVID, because I've been able to show that vitamin D has a very marked benefit in reducing hospitalizations from COVID-19 and also uh, reducing deaths. In fact, it's been shown that people of color that invariably have low vitamin D levels because they manufacture it through their skin have a five to seven fold increase in being hospitalized and a two to three fold increased risk of death as compared with lighter skins. So I've been on a, a vitamin D recommendation for some time now in encouraging people yeah. of color through my, my articles in Decision Magazine around the world. You ought to be taking at least 2,000 units of vitamin D a day. I take 7,000 units a day and keep that vitamin D level that can be measured, keep it above 40. So vitamin supplementation is very important. One most important thing of being cooperized too, though, is to get an annual examination. Now, people are not going to be able to get an examination like the type we do here. It's very sensitive, very expensive. And they, we've done 150,000 patients. We've had these multi-examinations. They come all over the world. They come back on a regular basis, 74% return rate. It's amazing because it's still the health, best health insurance and life insurance we can buy. The routine examinations by physician is too cursory. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't extend lives like we have been able to show here. But I says, as a number, if you can't, if you can't have examination top we have here, these basic things are very expensive. Number one, gives your height and your weight to get the body mass index. Go to one of the search engines, type in your height and weight, and get your body mass. It should be 18 to 25 is normal, as I said. 25 to 30 is overweight, but 30 is obese. And then next, get your blood pressure, because hypertension is associated with so many different things. You want to get that. Be sure and get a urinalysis and a complete blood count to see if you have any signs of diabetes. Should you be checked for diabetes? And then be sure and get your lipid profile, get your cholesterol level, get your HDL level, and these various things. That's all again expensive to do that. But those are the things that we're dying of. Obesity, hypertension, diabetes, strokes, and all these heart attacks, these things can be evaluated very simply, very inexpensively by getting those examinations. That's great. Thank you for all that. Can, can you explain to me, or is there anything going on in the vitamin market right now that the cost of vitamins seems to be almost like the equivalent of somebody going to Whole Foods. Have you seen an increase in the price of vitamins or any of the, the ingredients go, go up? Because I feel like vitamins, when I buy a, you know, a multi, 
gummy bear pack or a, or a bottle. I feel like that's priced at like sixteen to eighteen dollars. I'm trying to figure out how the average family is now vitamizing their 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 families. Is there anything going on there that you're seeing, or is there price gouging going on? Well, vitamins can be cheap, and they're cheaper than what some of them are. Want to be sure they're certified. They have an indication of whether or not they've been certified. Because because of uh, the Shea Dietary Supplement Health Education Act of 1994, the FTC and the FDA had no control of the vitamin industry to the extent that what the vitamin contained may not be what's on the label. So we decide yes. what their own concepts and vision to have a live vitamin light that we guarantee to be pure, guarantee to be what it has on the label, and guarantee to do something. We published this in the Journal of Nutrition, several things, of a double-blind clinical trial, to find that our patients are taking our vitamin tablets. We're seeing beneficial things, such as reduction of the oxidation of the LDL, cholesterol, reducing homocysteine, all these various things we published in peer-reviewed journals. But again, with the basic one vitamin that we have, it has 2,000 units of international use of vitamin D. That's the only thing I'd like to see on a single vitamin. Yes, they're going to be expensive, no. but nothing expensive as the cost of the disease you're going to have to you're going to have yes, to pay sir. for when you do follow, the, follow these recommendations. But we feel very strongly, and I try to set the example of my advanced age of 92. I try to set the example that you can live as long and healthy a life as I'm living if you follow our recommendations. That gets cooperized. You find in the documentary that is very strongly recommended, and the details are given in the documentary, is how people can become cooperized. I have in the documentary, I have uh, Dr. Ted Mitchell, who is now the chancellor of Texas Tech. University in Lubbock, Texas. And he was on my staff here for 18 years. And he was the director of the, the clinic. And his wife, Janet, uh, was also a practicing physician during that period of time. He went out there as the dean of the medical school. He was successfully put him up to president now chancellor. And he's featured in the documentary and talking how important it is to be cooperized. And his wife makes these dramatic statements. I want my patients to be cooperized because people can realize it's what you do for yourself determines how well, how long you live. It's not the government, what the government does, not the insurance, that's what a physician does. Physicians are recommending exercise, so they're afraid of it. They're afraid you're going right. to kill yourself if you do something vigorous. I was taught in medical school past 30, 30, 40 years of age, you don't exercise vigorously. I was taught in medical school, if you have a heart attack, you have to move from a two-story house to a one-story house. It's no longer for safety, walk up and down a flight of stairs. That's what I was taught back in the 50s in medical school. So I went against the grain. Well, I published aerobics in 1960 to say people over 40 can exercise safely and effectively. And I would have comments that the streets going to be full of dead joggers as more Americans follow yes. Cooper. To the contrary, we had 150,000 joggers in America back in 1960. The book came out. By 1990, we up to 34 million. And yeah. did, uh, did, heart rates go, did heart rates go up? They went down by 48% during that period of time. Because a few people changed their yeah. lifestyle. Bay boomers. They quit smoking. They ch- they start to exercise all the things I recommend for getting Cooperized. The baby members started doing that, contrary to recommendations of physicians. And all of a sudden, we saw these dramatic changes. And only the three countries world had that decrease during that period of time. And that was Australia, Canada, and New Zealand, not the United States. So again, it goes back to what you do for yourself. Because no drug can replicate the benefits of an active lifestyle. Yeah, sure. You know, if, if you take the, uh, the runners and the joggers and, and, and kind of push it forward, to 2023, the, you know, the pickleball movement and the pickleball effect, I think is getting a lot of seniors, uh, people like myself as well, you know, to, to, to get out there and, and spend a number of hours, not only playing, but also socializing, uh, which solves loneliness, which probably solves some components of, of chronic inflammation um, and, and also makes you feel better that, that you're actually going to make other people feel better. 
You know, when you take a look at, at some of the statistics that come out in articles, I usually, when someone says something costs a certain amount, I say, well, what, what was the benefit on the other side of that? Um, so if I take a look at Pickleball as an example, it said United Healthcare estimates about $5 billion worth of um, cost because of, you know, elbow injuries or ankle um, sprains or, you know, knee replacements. What do you think the, the the benefit is on the other side? Is that three or four times the amount of people who are who are not going to be, um, you know, dying from chronic uh, inflammation? What, what, what kind of me- what kind of multiplier do you use when someone says something costs this, but I know the benefits X? Well, pickleball has become the most popular adult exercise in America today. We know that now. In fact, we've uh, modified our. Our, our tennis courts here so people can play pickleball. It's been so popular, we're now building two pickleball courts here on our campus so we can nice. meet the desire of the, uh, of the the members of our fitness center. So again, it, is, uh, it has considerable merit. I put the same category as tennis, particularly single tennis. Yes, one of the 41 exercises that we recommend, recommend that have aerobic point value to them. So I'm putting pickleball in the same category as tennis. I believe it has considerable merit. But again, looking for that 30 minutes exercise, collective or sustained, doesn't have to be that vigorous, can it give you all those benefits? And we, we did the major study, our, our most important study ever was December, was November the 3rd, 1989, the JMA of 700 articles we published. And that opened up a whole new world. In fact, it was classified the landmark study of the Century by American Heart Association about how much exercise is enough. Because we followed a period of 13, we followed a group of 13,000 men and women for a period of 8.6 years. And we found they could move up one block on the fitness scale from very poor to poor. They could see an increase of six years in their longevity and a 58% reduction in death mall costs, heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, and deaths from cancer. They moved up the top category of fitness, only a 9% increase in longevity and only a 65% decrease in death mall causes. So let's look at that. The best attorney investment, that article has been, published, been referenced over 5,000 times in scientific literature, that we showed only getting out of the inactivity level, wake up one block on the fitness scale of dramatic return on your investment. The emphasis that, on the importance of that was dominated in October 2023. A WHO report pointed out that 500 million, million people globally are sedentary. 500 people globally are totally sedentary at a cost of $29 billion a year for those diseases-related inactivity. That's $300 yep. billion over the next decade. They could be prevented, reduce the cost of health care. And we've shown clearly people we followed for a period of 25 years, from 50 to 75 years of age, that their Medicare data from 65 to 75 years of age, if they are all in the top category of fitness, very above, above good category of fitness, compared to the bottom category of fitness, that they cost of health care was 40% less in the top category of fitness compared to the body category, as I said, 36% less Alzheimer's dementia, the top category, bottom category. And that's the only thing we know where it's been published is you could actually reduce Alzheimer's eventually, you could prevent it, and you reduce the cost of health care. So that's, that's a great statistic, and thank you for that. $300 billion, that's a, it's a staggering number. If you were to say to everyone listening to this podcast right now who's in the industry, help me reduce this $300 billion of unnecessary pain, suffering, and dollars. What, what, would, what should we do? Should we go out and find someone to be our workout partner? Should we go into our parents' you know, f- facilities and, and, and take their sit down and, and help cook a meal and take their, their whole friend group for a walk to play pickleball, to, to do something? What, what are some of the best, easiest steps that you say, just do this? 
I think most one of the most beneficial things we could do to motivate people to exercise is financial motivation. Well, whether it's getting a reduction in their insurance, a reduction in their income tax, that's a possibility too, because they're living longer, all these Love things. It. I tried to present that in Washington one time because I wanted to concentrate on childhood obesity and diabetes, adult obesity and diabetes, and the cost of health care. And I was suggested, recommended as a Surgeon General on, on two different occasions when George Bush was president. But they wanted that to do that. I had to have sold the aerobics and the highest better to do that, so I turned it down. When it comes to AIDS, AIDS, AIDS and flu and bioterrorism, I didn't know anything about that anyway, so that's why I did not accept that possibility. Well, I don't know whether it had been accepted or not if I continue right. with the nomination. But again, I try to present those, those, those concepts. Yes, you should be monetarily to motivate people to get involved in a program. Because so many people, you ask them the question, what motivates year after year? The, kind of com- the, the most common answer is because it makes me feel good. The quality right. of life, enhancement of well-being. And we have data published that people are less depressed less hypochondriac, improved self-image, much more positive towards, attitude towards life than people who are not physically fit. And if I could enjoy that, that's something I could benefit tremendously. I have people tell me, I wish I'd have known 20 years ago how much better I could feel. I thought right. I felt good then. Man, I feel so much better now. And if people could just embrace the concept I have now, the way I feel in my advanced years, because I can't exercise ready. Because remember, too, that fitness is a journey not a destination. You got to keep up the rest of your life. And you grow old, stop exercising. But the problem is you stop exercising, you grow old. Keep things in perspective. And one of my common statements is it's, it's amazing. It's fascinating to know that one can grow healthier as one grows older and not, not necessarily the reverse. So again, we spend way too much healthcare dollar on desperate measures that prolongs death, not life, for this one few days. This is Pete Moore. Here's the last tip for you of the podcast. We are partnered up with a company called Higher Dose, higherdose.com. They are the leader in workout recovery products, infrared technology, LED light masks, neck enhancers, and other products such as PEMF mats and sauna blankets. If you have not gotten on the workout recovery train yet, your time and your stop is now. You got to get these products in there before these workout recovery and spas end up saturating your market. Having your members walk out of the club and going into one of their locations for 200 bucks per month where they're paying 39 to you. Let's become an expert in workout recovery if we are already an authority in workouts. Higher dose, check it out. There's a wholesale code and we look forward to helping you augment your products and services to meet the demands of your members. And hey, let's get people happy, healthy, and sweating. And the recovery should be just as good as the workout. Now, on our first podcast, you mentioned your your intake of vitamin D, which is now part of my uh, daily uh, uh, dosage. So thank you for that. Um, in, in closing here, could you tell the audience here and to me, um, what do you usually eat? Well, what's your what's your uh, meal plan look like, or what types of foods are your your uh, most uh, desirous that are that are healthy and, and keep you on the cooperized? Well, path? I wanted to have something in my legacy that I could carry on after my son takes over. He is now the yep. the president and CEO. I'm still the chairman of the organization, and Tyler's doing a wonderful job. And I think the future of the Robbie Center is in good hands. So, so these documentaries, the ones I mentioned, the, the two for the public and the one for physicians, one for for medical schools as part of that legacy. But the other thing that's in the mail, too, is, uh, is a book on my life. 
and that will be coming up. We've got that in the finishing stages right now. We hope to have that by the early qu first quarter of next year. That's our goal. And it is entitled The Father of Aerobics. And my life has been dedicated to preventive medicine and the worldwide exercise revolution. That's the subtitle of it. And so I give hope to get this message out around the world so people can realize, let's stop and regroup. And let's think what we can do to reduce the cost of health care, have quality of life, long extensive life, to square off the curve, and then really enjoy life to the fullest. I think once people realize, you know, one thing I noticed is published just recently in, in New York that they noticed that the interest in the, in the marathon this year was unprecedented. They'd grown way up not following the COVID, but what they discovered looking back, 96% of their, of their races are sold out now. They've had a surge of interest after COVID because what people discovered they went during the COVID that they that uh, they couldn't exercise at a gym, so they had to go out and start running. So they started running, and they found out they were feeling so much better and improved the quality of life, their well-being and all. They want to keep it up. So we've yep. had a resurgence of interest, you can believe that, in jogging. Now it's gone way back up just strictly because of the COVID epidemic. So that's, a, that's something we didn't anticipate. Amazing. Well, look, um, I appreciate your time, as always. Look forward to the documentary. Once all that information comes out, we would love to be able to share that and market it to the entire Halo sector. Um, you know, we use that term, health, active, lifestyle, outdoors. We're trying to basically solve loneliness, diabetes, and, and obesity. So we're trying to bring as much capital in. We're trying to get as many people to live this lifestyle. Um, and that becomes the Halo sector. So then it becomes a publicly traded, you know, group of, of companies and, and private businesses and, and investors in that. Um, and one of the things I want to leave the, the audience here is because we talk about this in the book is stop and regroup. I think it's a really, you know, great quote for, you know, if you're not getting your, your communities, the results that they want, or they want to live a healthier lifestyle and you're running a business that you think is an entertainment business, or you think it's an all access gym, it's not, you got to get people results. And that is the way you actually build a sustainable business that helps reduce this 300 billion of, um, of money we're staring at. Let me just finish with uh, people ask me this question all the time. What am I doing in my advanced age? Well, the answer is I get cooperized. But what I'm yeah. doing too, I follow the recommendations exactly uh, that I mentioned, except my exercise has changed just to do, I haven't discontinued it. It's changed because of an accident I had back in 2004 after running for 40 years and 38,000 miles. I tripped and fell while I was snow skiing up in Colorado. I've been so skiing for 50 years, never had a problem. Tripped and fell, I got a tibial plateau fracture of my knee. Those don't heal well, unfortunately. They just thought I need a totally replacement surgery, and I couldn't run or ski anymore. So I transitioned to, to the stationary cycling. I do that daily. I do 30 minutes at the end of the day. Keep my heart rate about 130 to 140 during that period of time. And I end up with some weight training because we know, too, that weight training becomes very important as you pass 50 years of age because of sarcopenia. That's the muscle loss that occurs with aging. It's going to get worse if you don't do something to compensate with some weight training. Being able to show you can build up new muscle mass after 60 years of age. There's been articles that show that even at that advanced age, you can do that. So I have my 30 minutes on a recumbent bike. I do that, and then I have 10 minutes of weight training with a circuit weight training program. That's my routine. So about 40 minutes of exercise. At the end of the day, I do at least five days a week. But then I go home and walk the dogs. Everyone should walk a dog whether they have one or not. And my dogs insist, I have two of them, they insist I take them for a walk when I get home. And I usually spend about 15 minutes during the weekdays. I'll spend 30 minutes or longer on weekends. I'll walk up to three miles with them on a weekend. 
So again, that combination enabled me to enjoy life to the fullest. And my hope and prayer is people that listen to this documentary or watch this video, they can live as long and active a life as I'm living. Because that's, that would just be the delight. The way to end my life is find that people are ending up by enjoying life to the fullest. My father, he practiced all day on Friday, and he died on Monday. He was 77 years of age. Unfortunately, he didn't embrace my concepts of exercise. He was a fanatic on vitamins and, and diet. But he thought that exercise was changing because that was popular back in those 50s yep. and 40s. I was in school, in medical school. And he never supported my athletic endeavors when I was in high school or college. He's a practicing dentist in Oklahoma City because he was still believing what was being taught in medical school. And so he never saw me run a track meet. I made all state in basketball, never saw that. I made the state, won the state mile championship as a senior in high school. He never saw me run in my state basketball. But that was his quiet way to rebel it. He let me do it. But he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't support me because he's afraid I was getting an athletic heart. That was coming back in those days. The heart gets big. Heart. The heart gets big because it's muscular. No, it does get big because it's dilated. And that's why every time right. that heart beats, it pumps out more blood with each stroke. Why do you think that an athlete has a very low resting heart rate? It's a more efficient heart. That's all there is to it. And so <laughs> the fact of the matter, I've outlived him by 15 years. He was so afraid I would die early. It was that muscular heart. I was, going to, I was going to quit exercising and convert into fat. Because that's what was being popularized when I was in medical school back in the 50s. We've come a long ways uphill. There's been a lot yeah. of battles yeah. along the way, I assure you. But thank the good Lord we're here today because... As I said, the documentary by my pastor, well, they, for years, they said he was wrong. But all those people that criticized him either are dead or they finally accepted the fact that he was right. That's amazing. Well, uh, well, happy new year to everyone listening here. 2024, get Cooperized. Let's make more athletic hearts. Let's get rid of the waste. Let's make people happy. And uh, doctor, thanks for all your contributions. It's, uh, it's well noted. Look forward to watching the documentary. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, the way to get these, the way to get the documentaries, you'll be able in the near future to go to our cooperrobics.com website. That's our website, cooperrobics.com. You'll be able to download those. You go to scroll down to media, and you will have ones there is already. The first one is 20 minutes. That's the power of prevention. That's available now. It's a very good one. They can have access to that now. And the other three will be available, too, for physicians, medical schools, and for the general public by early next year.